This is the Black Hole Podcast with host Ryan Millsap. With a vision of how real estate could turn into movies and how movies could turn into money, Millsap set out to build the state's largest film complex. After checking that box, Millsap returned to his entrepreneurial roots, where real estate ventures, entertainment opportunities, nonprofit support, and golf course business deals rule the day. What's next for Ryan Millsap? Listen up, and you'll find out. I'm Ryan Millsap, and this is the Black Hall Podcast. We're going into year four of producing this podcast, and I'm still having a blast. Some news, the Black Hall Podcast is ranked number 65 on Apple Podcasts. And knowing that folks all over the world are listening is beautiful and humbling, and I'm thrilled you keep coming back for more. Today, I think this show is going to be one that you'll have on repeat. I'm at Eddie's Attic in downtown Decatur, Georgia. Small and intimate, Eddie's Attic is known as a listening room. The attic has superior acoustics and is consistently labeled as an amazing venue for live music while it draws fans from all over the world. Here are some folks that have played at the attic. Cheryl Crow, John Mayer, The Black Crows, Brandy Carlisle, Justin Bieber, and Sugarland. There are lots of others, some famous, some not, but it's a real achievement for a musician to lock in a spot and play here. Now let me tell you about today's guest, John Tavius Willis. Resolved in his mission to reinvigorate today's blues with the spirit of the past, Willis brings together the history of Georgia with a reverence for traditional blues. I love it. He played at our wedding. We're going to talk about origin, style, lyrics, and more. And now, John Tavius Willis. And if she should ever leave, gonna throw myself away. Can't be good and it ain't no need to try. Dog on my good luck so hey. Ain't no need to try. Happy good luck, blues. I meet you today. I die. Well, I'm going, I'm going, your little crime won't make me stay down on my good luck so hey, crime won't make me stay. Now the more you cry, the further you drive me away. John Tavius, welcome to the podcast. Glad to be here, brother. Can you remember back when you were young? The first time you realized you had music just coming out of your soul? Mm, I don't know if I can remember when I had it coming out of my soul, but I do remember when I first kind of heard it. I was around like three years old. My grandfather was singing at, um, at church, um, the church that his great-grandfather built. It was multi-purpose. It used to be school, cafeteria, all kind of thing back in my granddaddy day. But uh, Where was that? Greenville, Georgia. Hmm. Yeah, Greenville, Georgia. Um, yeah, so I was about three years old. I couldn't sing as good then, but I sure tried, you know. Um, so yeah, that's probably the first time I could really remember being being in church and just, you know, feeling it there. When do you think the first time somebody else recognized your talent? 
around the same time. Cause I used to have, I used to be so happy to sing. You know, they had to sit me up in the chair, and I used to, you know, sing my little heart out. And they used to, you know, they really encourage you when you're singing in church. So I think that's around the time. Like I said, I still wasn't good to my own, you know, standards, but they they really enjoyed it. Uh, so yeah, that's about around the same. But people time. started talking about it. People started talking about you and and singing, and then. When did you touch a guitar? Uh, I didn't touch a guitar till I was 14. I had a whole bunch of mistakes before then. So I tried uh, piano first. I was all right. You know, it's just a lot of ways to mess up on a piano. You know, with a guitar, you can just bend it to where you want to get it, you know. Um, so I tried that for a few years. And then I went to trombone, uh, epic fail with trombone. And then when I was 14, I started playing guitar. 17, I started playing harmonica. 18, banjo. And I stuck with mm. the latter three. What do you think about banjo? I love banjo. And I love, it's a misconception with the banjo, but I think it's a great a great instrument, especially if you put nylon strings on it. One of my friends showed me about the nylon. It makes it sound way warmer, not so tinny, you know. Mm -hmm. And then, man, I've, I've, I'm not that good at banjo, but I can play about four or five tunes, you know, in different tempos, you know. I'd put money on uh, you being a good banjo player. <laughs> I've seen you rock a guitar. It comes pretty naturally. Yeah. When did you start writing music? Uh, probably around the same time I started playing. Um, yeah, well, start playing guitar because I always um, enjoyed listening to the older older guys. I really uh, love from the pre World War II era and just how much personality they put in their songs. Even if it wasn't about them, if it was about what they was around. So about right around the time I started playing is about the time I started writing. So the stories meant something to you. Mm -hmm. uh, the stories and the playing, but yeah, definitely. I always have more to say than I have to play. Um, so I like the story. I, mean, I can I know so many lyrics because so many songs. That's like uh, you don't know where the origin. Some some people may have might have recorded it first, but there's always another song that's connected to it. And then you can stitch. You know, if it's a song about a certain topic, and if you don't listen to, because I've been listening to the blues since I was 12, even though I didn't start playing guitar till I was 14. So it was a lot of those songs and lyrics that was already in my head. And I know a lot of those, you know, hang around with some older people too. And they know those funny toasts. They got all the little funny sayings and stuff in it. So I just stitching stuff from here and there. But yeah, always the story, man. Always the story. Who do you think your biggest influences were? Young and maybe even continuing? Uh, my granddaddy, you know, he's still my uh, influence come, just starting up. But then in the beginning, I didn't know it was blues in Georgia. I just thought blue was just only in Mississippi because, you know, that's the big, you know, travel, uh, tourism thing that they got going on. But then you find out, like, you know, Georgia had a big history of blues. It's just sad that a lot of the folk had passed before the rediscovery in the 60s. So a lot of their stories are never told. So in the beginning, all the folk, you know, Muddy Waters, Robert Johnson, the, the, the line of Mississippi folks. Then when I found out, you know, oh man, there's folks here in Georgia. So I, Blind Willie McTell, Ma Rainey, Buddy Moss, Barbecue Bob, on and on and on and on. All the Georgia folks, I try to, I try to play them and you know, sing some song from their repertoire. So I would say a lot of the Georgia folks, Tampa Red, is probably one of my biggest uh, influences. Yeah. When did you start performing your music? Uh, my music, I probably say, I was 16, Utah, Alabama. Yeah, that was my first blues festival because I've been I was playing traditional gospel music prior to that, but my own music was yeah in Alabama, sixteen years old, and never stopped since. Never stopped, never stopped since. No, never stopped. I bet you, I bet that sixteen year old 
gig was well received. Oh, it was, it was, man. And I, I was so happy because um, I was calling around because I always, you know, I always wanted to hang out with the older folks. That was always my goal to hang out with the older folks, get the stories from them because I knew my granddaddy had a story, my great grandmama got a story, my grandmama got stories. So it's like I know that the other blues musicians that have been traveling the world had stories. So um, once they started dying, man, they kind of like every time one died, it's just like, hurt me so bad so i just started calling people you know calling folks and said can i play you know can i play here and they never heard of me you know but those folks in alabama and utah they said well you can come out here for exposure so i drove three hours and a half or rode rather because i went driving then um and they gave me $300 for doing two songs. And I was like, shoot, you know, <laughs> you know, uh, there's some good exposure in it. But uh, I still try to go back to that festival. But yeah, that was a that was a good festival. You only play two songs for the even today. You still only play two songs. I still try to go down. There. I, I've, I've been, you know, 10 times since since I've been going. I try to clear my schedule to go down. there. But yeah, it's a good one. What is the state of blues today? What is the state of blues today? I don't know. It's all over the place. And what's man. its reach? I mean, where is this? Does it have a kind of a central place? Is it Memphis? I, I mean, I don't know. Where is the? I don't is there know. a home of blues anymore? Well, you no, know, they say Mississippi is definitely the home of blues, but it depends on what you define blues as. You know, a lot of blues get categorized as like rock. You know, it's not really. It's not. It's like, it ain't not traditional blue like I'm like I'm playing because I play it with the same vocabulary uh, as. Not just words, but musical vocabulary as the guys before me. They kind of set the precedent and I, you know, I may add a few words, but it still makes sense in the same vocabulary, you know, that they got going on. So I would say uh, today it might be, you might say it's, it's, it's Mississippi and, and you would the say- The North, the South, what, what, what all part of it? They just say, they, yeah, they even got license plate, birthplace of the blue, the whole, over yeah. there, the whole, the whole, the whole place. But, I was, I was recently in Tunica, okay. Mississippi yeah. and went to eat at a- old cafe called the Hollywood Cafe. But I guess that's a, a pretty famous old blues joint. Oh. And so they would have people come through and it was a it's probably similar size to Eddie's attic. Mm -hmm. But it was just cool to 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 know that there was still that flavor going on. Yeah, for sure. You sure. talked about vocabulary, which you know, I I thought it was like just kind of structure and mm -hmm. maybe tempo or what what do you think of when you think of like the vocabulary of the old blues, yeah, I think it's it's ups and downs. You know, like I say it's 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 not all sad stuff. Especially when you get a lot of the Georgia musicians, they got a lot of funny songs, a lot of funny songs. Cause I think it come out that vaudeville tradition, you know. So I think uh, the vocabulary is is being versatile, but without compromising the genre. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like still, still, you know, uh, yeah, funny songs, different keys, uh, you know. You can play at a party. You can also play a song to kind of uh, somber people up. You can play a song. Yeah, just all kinds of different different songs, but still in the vein of the blues. That what is that song I heard you sing about? It was like a silent woman or, is it, or not silent woman. It's a funny the song. Long -winded long -winded. <laughs> <laughs> the long-winded one. Long-winded. I heard you the long-winded one. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's in the tradition. That's in the tradition. <laughs> oh, it's a funny one. I remember the first time I heard it. I got a long-winded woman Have a conversation with herself Well, she kind of sounds like a broke alternator, yes, and she a maker killer now the telephone operator, yeah. I got a long-winded woman, and she's gonna talk of me too. Death ain't joking, she's gonna talk of me too. It go like this. 
You know, there's a bar in Southern California in Newport Beach, and it's called The Silent Woman. <laughs> and its logo is a woman with no head. <laughs> <laughs> That sounds like that sounds like something somebody would put on a blues bar. It, it, that's funny. That's yeah. funny. Yeah. Um, so what what are what are some of the other uh, funny categories? Like when you think of like what are what are the things that, that the blues loves to make fun of? Man, everything, man. Um, there was a there's a song called "He's in the Jailhouse Now." Because um, I like like the subtle funny stuff. Like you you have to think about it. And the guy. Uh, Blind Blake talked about how his brother was a promoter and a voter. He didn't vote once, but he voted twice. And he told him by doing it, he get mixed up in the politics, and he, they threw him in jail. And it's funny because the song in the twenties and black folk didn't get the right to vote till nineteen sixty stuff, you know. So it like that, like that kind of humor that's like in there. But there are some songs that's kind of like single entendre, like dirty, worse than anything you can hear now. Kind of party record stuff. I like that stuff too. I don't sing that. You won't hear that tonight, that. but you know, but you know. But Maybe late night at a party. Oh, you might yeah, pull for that sure. Out. Oh, yeah, that's the good <laughs> stuff. So it's just so so many, and there's stuff that you never would think. But then you know, I remember I used to think that my dad seen stuff in black and white. You know, I used to really think when he there's no way he could see the vivid colors that I see. So now I think when I listen to the music now, like these folks always had like a imagination, like ever since the beginning of time. Mm -hmm. So yeah, all those kind of weird things mm -hmm. are what I like, man. And the, the topical stuff too, like they talk about you know the war titanic they talk about all the things that's going on it's kind of like a newspaper without you know being there and they got some interesting things and different uh perspectives on i like all all that kind of social stuff. media yeah for sure 100 year old social media Hundred year old social media right i mean that's you come right. in you hear something interesting about some uh current event weaved into a song which you get today you know yeah. i mean that's obviously you know happens in in hip-hop music all the time yep uh, where they take current events and weave it in, and uh, you go back and listen to that stuff, and you know it reminds you of a particular era. Yeah, for sure. Where would I have to go if I wanted to hear like really just like raunchy blues? Do you think? Like, would you, is there anywhere that you know I could actually go hear that? Like no. culturally? I wouldn't know. I, it used to be a place. I had a friend named Henry Gibson, Mr. Gip. He was born in uh, 1920, died in 2019. Uh, and he had a juke joint behind his house down here. I don't know if they still doing it in Bessemer, Alabama, called Gip's Place. He started in 1952. And they had like the plywood floors. And, you know, you could hear the folk dancing. And they used to open the show with a prayer. Then he'll come up there and he would he would sing and play slide. And he, he and that was like the real deal stuff. Like the last of the last, you know. But I'm not. I'm not sure. Um, in Bentonia, Mississippi, there's a fellow named Jimmy Duck Holmes. They got like a little, a little cafe that he got down there that they do like some blue. But Mr. Gip played with like rough, you know, not like yeah. not like bad rough, no, like you know like the good, good rough, the yeah. good rough, yeah. you know, like, like loose. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Fun, free. Yeah. So, but that was the last place I knew. But after he passed, I don't know. I don't. I haven't been back since. I used to go to kind of just go see him. Are there still juke joints? I would imagine, but I'm, you know, with, with all, even he had problem with like the legal side of it, you know, cause that's the problem. The juke joint was just off the radar and everybody know about it, but now it's like a destination spot. So 
it ain't real. It's like an organized. It's not registered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, doesn't have any business license. (laughs) 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 That's what I'm wondering. Like, I mean, shouldn't we have those places? Yeah, I think so. I think it had a lot of character to it. And, you know, during that time, at least when the music was thriving, you know, a lot of the folk had them speakeasies and them, you know, the juke house because that's where you get get the good drinks from, you know. Um, But, you know, now, yeah, yeah. He used to sell fish plates and stuff like that because that's just a, open you up to you know that good culture but I think we do need that because a lot of that is uh, like the bedrock of the blues I, I I mean I would go to a juke joint I would too I miss that kind of I I miss the the part of humanity that's unregulated yeah that that and there's so much that you know most of the folk with nothing wrong with sitting down but man i love to see people get up and shake their butt man like that's it make you it, you know it make you play better it make the folks around you pay attention uh we're gonna be doing a little bit of that in lagrange on december the second we actually got some courses where we teaching you know folks how to because a part of it people forgot how to dance to blues music you know anything with a constant beat that you could snap your finger to in the same seconds apart you can dance to it you know no matter how slow or fast Deal, but it's a fellow. Um, thank you from a lot, Damon Stone, uh, doing some instructing on regional uh, blues styles and dancing. So we're gonna get down from eight to eleven on these. You know that late. You know what I'm yeah, saying? I like that, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So we're gonna do that. Uh, on Where DC. is it? Lagrange, Georgia, Pure Probably. Life uh, House of Music. Yeah, in Lagrange, Georgia, we gonna open it up and have some good. Dancing. Is that something people need tickets to? Yeah, they need to get the tickets off of the, off the website Pure Life House of Music. Yeah, they got to come and do that, and they can stay all day and take the classes early in the day, or it's a drop in class an hour before the show. I'll be playing with my band, um, so we'll be getting down. It's so a like different old situation. school juke joints were primarily black and not white oh yeah yeah i mean but they're probably good you know intermingling and it probably would change as you go up and down and maybe you know because everybody had liquor and good time so you know you know say i don't know but a lot of these juke joint that the blue would be in plenty good black blue were definitely black operated situation i wonder i wonder if any how often somebody white wandered into a juke joint maybe never yeah or maybe only with the a good black friend. Yeah, or or they or they were good musician. They probably you know it probably oh, good probably, musician. Yeah, good musician. Oh, you I probably like get that. in there. Yeah, you probably get in there. But yeah, some places are a little little different. Like that. North Carolina, it probably was a, like I just left Burnsville, North Carolina, where it's like seventy nine black folks and fifteen thousand white folks. So you know, in that situation, they're probably like the the reverse. You know, but yeah. it's still good music. Everywhere. I know, but were there white juke joints, or was that a, was that more of a black phenomenon? I, I think the word it didn't it wouldn't be called the juke joint if it were white. I think I don't know what it would be called. Just be called just, the barn party. Yeah, it could, it, you, know, the, or, you know, they probably doing square dancing and stuff mm-hmm. like that because they were drinking moonshine and getting down in oh, the yeah. square dance all day. That still happens yeah. in Georgia. Yeah, for I've sure, got, for sure. I've got friends who love to organize a barn party. Yeah, yeah. You know, get some musicians. People start dancing. Yeah. Out comes the, uh, the, the the white lightning. That's it. Oh, man. I know about it. You know, And I think in a lot of the old places, that's where you find, I listen to a lot of the old story from the guys. There's a lot of black musicians that will play those square dance. And that's how you get into like a lot of them Georgian musicians. The reason I say I really fell in love with them because they play a lot of old time music. They play a lot of uh, square dance music. They don't just play just straight ahead, just blues. Now, a lot of those places in Mississippi, a lot of those artists only play blues, you know, but these folks in Georgia because, you know, I guess it was, you know, well, all, everywhere, the big biggest uh, center in, in the South, a big city in the South, so everybody had to be on top of your musical game, but yeah, man, that's that's another reason. How many albums have you made? Two. Two? Two. And when was the last one? 
I put the last one out April 2019. 2019. Mm-hmm. And are you working on new material now? Yep, working on new material right now. I actually got four, you know, a few songs. A few songs are already ready to go. Yeah. And so when when can we expect a new album? I, I would say probably probably next year sometime. Next year sometime for sure. I plan on uh, doing some recording in Macon, Georgia. I'm going to try to keep everything local. For for this one, I, I did it on my first one, didn't do it on the 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 last one. But this this next one, I'm gonna try to pull everything I can from where I'm from. Did you tell me you're gonna try to raise some money around that? Yes, I am. I am. All the information for that, I'll make sure it's gonna be on my my website. What's the website? JohntaviusWillis.com. JohntaviusWillis.com. What do you? How much money do you think you need to make another album? You know, is that a $50,000 prospect? Is that a $100,000 pro- What's it cost? I mean, what's it cost to make an album? Oh, uh, man. Well, I wish I knew the exact. Exa- yeah. I know we need as much as we as we can get. Because, it's a, you know, it's not just the album. It's post-production and yeah. on and on and on. Yeah. And so you're going to wait to get into the uh, studio until you get money together. Mm-hmm. No, you're just going to uh, dive in. Yeah. Did your first and second album have different themes? Or were they similar? Uh... I don't know if it's theme based more so is like uh, it was a lot of time in between the first one and the second one. It's like the first one I used musicians that I knew. The second one I didn't know the musician. It was in Nashville, uh, and it's been eight nine years in between. And I don't grow a lot as a musician, as a writer, you know, as an organizer since then. So I wouldn't necessarily say things. I just try to. Like I said, with the Georgia musician, I try to keep them in that tradition, versatile song, different keys, different topics, uh, all that kind of situation. And this one going to be all the folks that I know and I actually play with. So it'll oh, be a fun. different situation. Yeah. I, uh, <clears throat> I have your song, Take Me to the Country, mm-hmm. on a number of playlists. So every once in a while, that just pops up. And uh, I love that song. I appreciate it, brother. Well, the folks in the country don't live so fast. Got good mannerism and spectacular class. So take me to the country. Nothing but skies and pines. Well, just follow me to the country where we can have a real good time. Did you grow up in the country? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Greenville 800. 800 some folks it, it only 50 minute from Atlanta but you know after you go past the airport it just go to wilderness until you get to Columbus you know um, so yes yeah, it's, it's south and a little bit east uh, 800 some folks and my folks been in the general area about 250 260 some years wow. uh, yeah and so when you leave off my port and you just look straight out my cousin got some cow that's over in the field and you know and you can't tell where the sky in and the pine stops so that just the high kind of just the came best. up with the song yeah yeah man. no i you know I, I i spend a lot of time out in the country at the farm i have in social circle where you came out and yeah. performed and it's a call you know the country is a call mm-hmm. and there's something about just land that i think speaks to Maybe not everybody. Maybe there's some real true urban dwellers, you know, like people yeah. who just love the city. Yeah. But I think when you take people to the country, maybe for the first time even, where they get a little space and they realize like all the things you can do on your own land, mm-hmm. it's a incredibly free feeling. Yeah, for sure. It's slower, you know, and sometimes you need to think, you know, a good, good place to think and listen and look up at the stars. You appreciate it. You know, I move 
to Noonan, which ain't you know it ain't that big, but it ain't that's it ain't eight hundred people. No, small. no, it's a it's a yeah, town. Yeah, yeah, you can't you can't really see the stars the same. You know, it, you appreciate the old thing. Well, water, you know, mm-hmm. there's a lot a lot, a lot of good yeah. stuff that they get you get from the country, man. Yeah, the pace. Yeah, the pace of country life is. I've I've been doing a lot of reflecting about pace of life. What's the healthiest? You know, how do we how do we hear our truest selves? How do we maybe like hear the voice of God? How do we go about that process? You know, like the things that get in the way of that. I keep getting feel like I'm get, getting pushed toward a more rural life. You know, a more private life. And so I, you know, anyway, I, I love that song. I, I resonate with it, and it uh, it feels like. It feels like a, a the kind of pl- song you play that that is home, right. you know. Okay, so uh, Eddie's attic. Have you ever played here before? Mm-mm, never played here before. What's the What's the story? Why Why tonight? Oh, this is the night they got me <laughs> to come up here. So this is I'm I'm just here to play, man. Uh, Six o'clock, I'm on, and I'm excited to be here. I, came to a couple shows here before but like i said i never played so it's gonna be fun this is a special place yeah there's it's got a great history you know obviously very famous in atlanta uh it's fun to do the podcast here in the attic um i don't know how many podcasts have been in the attic but i can't imagine it's very many this might be the first tell me what you're gonna play tonight i mean i don't really i have i kind of have some sticky ones that i do i i, I tell you i play take me to the country oh, good. For you. <laughs> but uh yeah i try to switch it up a little bit but uh you know just some good bucket blues some funny stuff some serious stuff all the stuff i kind of mentioned but you know yeah just a variety of things but all of it in blues and related stuff i know sometimes you play with um other other guys on stage are you alone tonight Oh, solo. Uh, cool. <laughs> I love the way you jam on that guitar by yourself. So I think that's fun. I appreciate it, brother. Uh, tell me a little bit more about the new album. Like what, you know, what, what, uh, what do you think is going to be on that album? Like well, what you, the themes, the, mm-hmm. the spirit. Yeah. Really going to be a good part of uh, solo and country blues kind of stuff on there. And uh, I think the biggest I get on there is a four piece, probably piano, uh, upright piano, upright bass, uh, drums and guitar, all original compositions, all the songs I ever recorded, original composition. Um, yeah, I think, you know, a variety of things, you know, put a, put a few nice, nice number on there between 12 and 14 original songs. Yeah. I think the theme is just West Georgia, you know, representing Georgia and trying to get Georgia back into the forefront of uh, the blues world. You know, people, like I said, people think of every other state but Georgia when it comes to uh, blues. But man, we got a whole bunch of blues history, music history for sure. That thing that's why cause we got so we so strong in so many other departments that people don't think about blues. But that was that was you know the driving force. The first studio outside of New York and Chicago was in Atlanta in like 1923. So everybody had to come for a while till they built one in Memphis. But yeah, man. So that's just trying to bring that awareness to the legacy of Georgia blues. All right, we're running out of time, but I've got one more question for you. So I've got you know quite a few friends who are very successful musicians, and they have just a different texture about their soul. There's something that's it's hard to put your finger on. You're a musician. What do you think it is that's different in the soul of a musician? Mm-hmm. I don't know. So I've been around musicians ain't got no souls. I don't know. I just play. I just play. I don't know, brother. I don't know, brother. Uh, I guess it takes a lot to be a musician. You know, one that really 
honing in on your craft. I don't know what's in the soul. I don't know. It can like self-analyze. I don't know. You brother. don't do that. Yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah. I don't know. Brother. You're just feeling it. Yeah, You're getting in the spirit. That's about it. Yeah. But that's kind of what it is. Like that's, that's what I mean by a different kind of, it's not like they're so deep necessarily. It's just that they're tapping into some spirit. Well, I guess that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Right. They're tapping into some energy that other people aren't tapping into. Yeah. Right. It's like they're, it's like they're channeling the universe. You know, there's a theory, uh, the string theory about physics, that the entire universe is just music. Did you know that? Mm -mm. Yeah. There's a this theory that the entire universe is just vibrations and music, all strung together. And I think it's pretty interesting when you when you reflect on the notion that in the Jewish Old Testament, you know, Jewish uh, notion of the creation of the world, that they say God spoke the world into existence or sang the world into existence and so i wonder if musicians are somehow like tapping into that truth like there's like like the underlying universe is just music but some of us not me but some of us who are musicians can somehow like just like tap into that that's deep i mean does that feel like something you ever feel like you're possessed like in a beautiful way like not in a negative way no no no, i got you i don't i don't know if i ever I don't know. I don't. I feel like I'm present. If I if if I'm possessed, I'm still present. I'm I'm able to like you know be one with whatever is, is possessing me. But uh, I definitely feel like music can take you to every part of every emotion, man. Because it's funny how you could just put a song on and then skip that song and it just kind of even yeah with almost every music, man. I think uh, it's de- it definitely is deeper than than I could ever uh, explain for sure. John Tavius, I love your work. Thanks for joining us on the podcast and knock him dead tonight. Thank you so much, brother. This has been the Black Hall Podcast. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Thanks for listening. <laughs>